Hey there, enthusiasts. Welcome back to the Real Hero Talk podcast. I am your host, Judge Greg. Joining me today, I have podcasting royalty, royalty in the house, John Layola of One Track Gamers, the One Track Punk Show, and a, like a half dozen other shows you've appeared on and, and all over the internet. John, John, welcome to Hero Talk. Game on. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Wow. So just pretending for a second that my listener base isn't just a subset of your listener base and <laughs> that there might actually be some people listening to me who haven't heard of you. Uh, John, could you just tell us, you know, kind of basically about what you do and all the different stuff that you're uh, involved with? Uh, yes, yes. So I started a video game podcast like many other people who wanted to talk about video games. We I started with my friends Corey and his wife Amanda and we have a video game podcast called One Track Gamers. Mm-hmm. And we've been going on almost through three years now, I think. And um, uh, besides that, we've tried branching off. Uh, we do like some video game movies mm-hmm. um, called Video Game Movie Podcast. Our video game movies club, I forgot already because we stopped that. <laughs> we stopped that a long time it's ago. Been a while. We just, it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a long while. And then I try to try to break off as well, try to talk to more interesting people um, with guests on the One Track Punk Show, which uh, season pretty much, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm basing it off season. So oh. that season has ended. Season two will probably start up again next year, talking to more interesting people about what they do and their what their inspirations are and then I also do some vlogging on the side. So yeah, I guess I'm I'm not internet royalty, but I'm just internet peasant. <laughs> <laughs> you 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 are omnipresent on on my feed on an almost daily basis. Oh. And gonna be a dad soon, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, I am, congratulations. Yes. Thank you. You're you gonna call yourself the the one track dad after that? Oh, that's good. I haven't even thought of that. Yeah, see. And then he's gonna be the one track son yeah. and the one track wife. Oh, it just works for everything. It, it does. It really does. You you have you have all your names set up for you ahead of time. I just got to throw judge in front of stuff, and that's how I roll. Oh yeah. So yeah, we're good. Yeah. We're both we're both in the we clear. Are, we are good to go. You and I. All right. So let's let's get to the topic at hand, which is a film that I you know I feel bad, John, because sometimes I bring people on the podcast and and I give them bad movies to watch, and and mm. I'm thinking of of our mutual friend Mike from Video Game Generations, and and we watched. We watched the Mario Brothers movie, and that was not a that was not a fun time. Aww, <laughs> that was not. I didn't. I I did not enjoy watching that movie. Aww. So when it came time, I, to, yeah, no, I, I know, I know, movie. I know. No. I heard you guys talked about it, on, and you you have some you have some nostalgia for that film that I just yes yes I don't understand. Like I I saw it in the theaters, John. You know, I saw it at launch. It's not like I was looking at it with just strictly today's eyes. I I saw it when it came out. It just it never really worked for me, and it was hard to watch again. So when I asked you to come on because I felt it it was time. You know, I've <laughs> I've I've made brief appearances on one track gamers and i was i was on the one track punk show so i felt it's time we needed to to bring you on and 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 get get a new voice on on the real hero talk podcast and i wanted to pick a movie that i actually wanted to see mm. and, and one from my list and it was one that i had heard you talk about so i know you had seen it and i knew that you had access to it if you needed it so i i went out and i i recruited you to watch logan logan yes. the Yes. The 2017. I was surprised. I actually thought it came out last year because I've just yeah. lost track of time. But no, it came out in March of 2017. This year, the 2017 comic book superhero dark, almost noir film starring Hugh Jackman. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was very, very interesting tone. And before we go any further, folks, Hero Talk is a spoiler podcast. Nothing is off the table. Everything is fair game. You've been warned. All right. Dun, what? No, I was going to say dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an ominous warning, but I don't I don't like to censor myself at all on, on any topic. And given that there's been about 17 years of Hugh Jackman playing Wolverine, there's there's a lot of spoiler territory there. Oh yeah, yeah. So so Logan, Logan was uh, the the first X Men movie I think rated R. Well, I guess Deadpool was rated R, right? But it was, but I don't count that as an X Men movie. They're just there's X Men cast in it, but not an X Men movie. Yeah, I, I'm not even sure where where it falls in the continuity. And but to you know to be fair, neither does Deadpool. So. He was, he was very strict that he didn't even realize which Professor X he might be visiting when he went to see Professor X. Yeah, yeah. So, a- anyway, uh I this this was a this was a dark movie. I will say I I enjoyed this movie. I I had a fun time with it. Unfortunately, a lot of different parts of it just had been spoiled for me just by the sake of it, well, I thought it was going to be a big spoiler that Logan was dying, but mm. within the first maybe 10 minutes of the movie, I thought to myself, oh, this guy's dying. Like, he's he's not going to make it to the end of this movie. They are writing him out. And mm-hmm. it doesn't help mm-hmm. that that Hugh Jackman had specifically said that this was the last time he was going to play Wolverine. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, yeah, th- this is a great send-off to Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Mm-hmm. But I feel like he still might show up as a cameo every once in a while. He, he says he won't, but... I tell you, man, if if Disney and Fox ever get that deal going where Logan can show up in an Avengers film, I I think I think he'd come back. He says he won't. I think he would. I Yeah, he he has to. There there's no like no question. He has to. He can't say no. I'm just going to say he can't say no. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's not like with Spider-Man where you can just kind of bring out a brand new one and sort of reintroduce the character. Hugh Jackman has been Wolverine for 17 years. Yeah. I mean, like, can you imagine that? Like, remember when the first X Men movie came out, mm-hmm. and you see Hugh Jackman when? Uh, well, I when I saw Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, I'm like, that's that's Wolverine. Oh, I, I don't like it. Really, you didn't you didn't like him as Wolverine? I, no, at the first the first X Men movie, because I when I picture Wolverine as a kid, I was like, I still kind of a uh, probably like junior high or mm-hmm. um, I picture Wolverine as a, sh- a short, buff, uh, gruff guy. Yeah, but when I see Hugh Jackman, I don't. His his original like for his first role as Wolverine, I don't see him as Wolverine. But now like now after watching Logan, after all these years watching Hugh Jackman as Logan, I'm like I've grown to love him as Wolverine. I don't see anyone else as Wolverine anymore. Yeah, I you know what I liked him as Wolverine when I first saw him. I my most prominent memories of Wolverine were from the the '90s uh, Fox cartoon show. Yeah, and. He looked close enough. I mean, the hair was definitely there when he was. The claws are sort of hard to miss, and you know, I, I just liked him. I thought I thought he looked like Wolverine. He worked for me. I mean, he was he was chomping on a stogie, and that was good enough, honestly. And <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't have any issues. I actually thought he was a, he was a really good Wolverine. And I've I've been following for most of the movies. I'll be honest, I have not seen all of the X Men movies because some of them have just looked really terrible. Mm, yeah. I, I... Guess like the third X Men movie is probably the it is I'm not it's not probably it is the worst of them all, um and then I watched Apocalypse which was the third of the mm-hmm. I guess old reboot yeah but, the uh, the quasi it's like a quasi reboot because Logan still shows up in those 
Even, yeah. Even in cameos. Yeah, and then that that movie was not not good at all. I didn't like it. Yeah, I say in cameos, but he was like the central character of Days of Future Past. But yes, he was yes. he cameoed in um, First Class and in I believe he was in Apocalypse. I didn't see Apocalypse. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he yeah. he was. I think I he was, was. He was. He was in it. I think like they they at some point ended up in the Weapon X facility and they let oh. him go and he in a rage actually clawed through the place and he killed some people. Uh, w- w- killing one of those people is actually referenced in Logan at one point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when he killed Rice's dad, they actually they made reference to that. And I looked it up, and that happened during during Apocalypse. But I didn't see Apocalypse. There's I also I saw X-Men Origins Wolverine, which is a movie I could not recommend. <laughs> I, just, I just, that's, I can't. That's just an awful, unwatchable movie. And because of that, I never saw the movie called The Wolverine. Aww. I, I'm sure it was better, but you have to remember, I had seen X-Men Origins Wolverine, and that was yeah. that was a bad film. Um, I do understand, though, didn't at one point in The Wolverine, he get his metal claws cut off? I don't remember that too much, but uh, fun fact, if you didn't watch The Wolverine and you enjoyed Logan, it's the same director. Oh, James Mangold? Yeah. Oh, well, maybe maybe now I'll go back and 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 give it a look. I I presume that the samurai sword that was sitting in the uh the, the smelting plant in in Logan was some reference to the Wolverine because I know that was set in Japan, so. Yeah. But any as it's the nice thing about it is well, I'll admit I've seen many but not all. You didn't have to see too many of the films to understand Logan if you just had a basic idea of who Wolverine was and who Professor X was. That that's about all you needed. Yeah, that's that's all you need. Like you've watched, well, if you know of them, you didn't even have to watch the rest of the movies, right? Or any any of the movies. Just if you know of them, you just, hey, yeah, you're you're good to go. Very very general knowledge was all you needed, and I I appreciated that because I was I was really I was a little worried they were going to make a lot of constant references to those old X Men movies. I couldn't even imagine when the last time I saw the first X Men movie was. Probably not in the current decade, if I'm being honest with you. Mm, yeah, I haven't rewatched that. I mean, like. I remember watching it in the theater. And that was it. Yeah, I'm sure I, I've I've seen, I'm, I probably have the DVD somewhere around here, and I know I saw it twice in theaters, but I just it, it's been so long that I wouldn't remember too much. Other, they did reference the Statue of Liberty, but I I think yeah, and they, <laughs> I managed to remember also, that. That was a pretty big part of that movie. They also referenced our Professor X reference that he found Logan as a cage fighter. Oh yeah, yeah, he did yeah. mention the the cage fighting, which was. But, again, for having not seen it in 10 years, I remembered that. And even if you hadn't yeah. seen the first film, that wasn't super specific so that the cage fighter part was. You, you might you might have wondered what he was talking about with the Statue of Liberty, but that was such a quick reference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, did you like Logan? We haven't really gotten to that. Did How did you, th- what did you think of it? I thought it was really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I, growing up watching it since the first X-Men movie and all the other Wolverine movies, I think this is... Uh, the probably the top of the X Men, probably the top X Men movie. Mm-hmm. Now, if you include Deadpool, do you still consider it the top X Men movie? Yes. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. I of all the X Men movies that I have seen, this one has is absolutely my favorite. And and I actually I really did enjoy Days of Future Past too. I thought that was a, that was a good movie, but this one was easily my favorite. And a lot of it is because it kind of stands alone as a story. And I, I say that even though my biggest frustration with the film was sort of a major plot point was that I really wanted to see Logan be able to to tear into guys and kind of be be Wolverine 
But yeah, I mean, like the the main premise of the film is he's not Wolverine anymore. He's you know he's completely retired from that, and he's kind of he, he's being deteriorated because of, and and they don't explain it. And I think this might have been might have either lost it or it might have been a cut scene or something they they changed in the editing room as to why his healing factor is no longer protecting himself from adamantium poisoning oh yeah and i think we're what we're supposed to believe is that the 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 virus that they created to prevent new mutants from being born also started offsetting his powers and that's why his healing factor isn't as as keen as it used to be but that was never actually explicitly said in the film so I think by cutting it, you can take it out of canon, and it just as he got older, his healing factor isn't isn't what it used to be. And I mean, at this point, he's been alive for what some couple hundred years at this point, right? Yeah, yeah, he he's been he's 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 seen some few things. Yeah, so it, it's just he's breaking down a little bit, and his his uh, his factor can't keep up with the adamantium, and so he's very slowly dying, and then as the action picks up, starts to very quickly die. I guess we, let's just spoil it. He dies at the end. <laughs> oh, what? Yeah. Why not? I gave the warning. He dies at the end of this film. He straight up dies. Oh, so sad. Not, not even like the ambiguity at the end of Batman v Superman where you think, oh, is, is Superman dead or is he still alive? No, Logan's dead. He's yeah. dead. You know, Laura quoted He's... Shane and everything. He's gone. So sad. It was so sad. It was. All right. So before we start talking too deep in the story, because I think we've we've been doing that for a while now, we got to uh, we we're gonna talk about the cast because the, you know what this is actually if you don't count Deadpool, I think this is the first X Men movie I've done on Hero Talk. Oh wow. Okay. Cool. So we actually we have not talked about any of these characters before. So this is the this is the first time I'm talking about some of these folks. So Hugh Jackman is Wolverine. Okay, we talked that one to death, and everyone knows what Hugh Jackman's from because he's from X Men. <laughs> this is. This was his breakout role. He's been in a ton of other stuff, but this is this is the one everyone knows him from. He is Wolverine. He he is the Wolverine, but but not anymore, which is sad. Mm, sad. I'm trying to think if there's any other like that are not Wolverine appearance. Oh, he was Jean Valjean in, in Les Misérables. That's a mm. that was a big one. And he, he was in The Prestige. He was in The Prestige, an underrated movie. I love The Prestige with Chris Bale uh, yeah. and and um. Uh, Michael Caine, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Such a good movie. That was a that was a great movie. Uh, Van yeah, Van Helsing. Uh-oh. Best we not mention Van Helsing. We'll just we'll put that one away. We're not going to talk about that anymore. And I think he was the mouse. He was the voice of a mouse on some animated. And I'm I'm looking at his IMDb to see if I can find what it was. Some a he mouse. was some maybe not a mouse. Might have just been a rodent, but he was definitely a voice of something. Uh, he was in uh, Happy Feet. Well, that would have been a penguin. <laughs> Yeah, so I was like, I don't remember a mouse in Happy Feet. Flushed away, <laughs> flushed away. He, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He played a a rat. Yeah, so I was I was close. I said rodent. Okay. All right. So uh, Hugh Jackman. So let's talk. Patrick Stewart as Charles Xavier, Professor X. It is really weird for me, having having seen the other movies and and having seen Professor X as this father figure and this this wise man and this uh, definitely a. A, a mentor type character and now to see Patrick Stewart and, and Charles play him as this deteriorated vulgar and kind of uh it, he's he has Alzheimer's I, I believe and so there's there's the Alzheimer's that's affecting him but then he's also just extremely bitter and incredibly vulgar in this movie oh, um yeah. it, it's very off-putting to see 
Professor X go out that way. And I mean, the way this movie's presented, it's set in 2029. So yeah. this is they're writing out these characters because Professor X also dies in this movie. Spoilers, sorry. <laughs> and and Patrick Stewart says this is the last time he's going to play Professor X. So it's it's James McAvoy from now on. Oh yeah, good. But it's just it was it was really kind of a sad send off for a character who's always been such a such a keen father figure, and then to to find out that he accidentally killed the X Men, mm-hmm. and yeah. and then he's been in this exile and and absolutely drugged out, and he just kind of has been losing his facilities. It's very sad, very sad to see. It is. Oh, uh, when I saw his, uh, Patrick Stewart's performance in. Logan. There's a few. It's. Have you seen American Dad? I I have seen American Dad, and he he voices uh, the head of the CIA in that, doesn't he? Yeah, and he it's when I saw him in Logan, he reminded me of a lighter version <laughs> of his character in American Dad, which is also vulgar and and um so so ridiculously mm. silly. And just I saw bits and pieces of his character in American Dad. I was like, oh, this is this is pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, at one point where Wolverine has to take Professor X to the bathroom. Oh yes, <laughs> it's it's just such a such a sad turn of events. And and I mean, I get what they're trying to portray and mission accomplished because I got it. But it was just it was it was very sobering to see these characters that you know we we regarded in previous movies as these larger than life you know invincible characters and then to see them portrayed in such a way and and Hugh Jackman and Patrick Stewart both went out of their way to try to portray these characters as not as strong as they used to be uh Patrick Stewart lost i think 20 some odd pounds so that he could be a smaller and and more frail professor x mhm yeah which is the first time he says he's ever actually done that and to the point where anytime Hugh Jackman is carrying Patrick Stewart, it's that's actually Hugh Jackman carrying Patrick Stewart. There's no pulley system like they sometimes do for that sort of thing. He was actually small enough to be able to be carried around like that. And Hugh Jackman, for the the scenes where Logan is going to have his shirt off, I guess he dehydrated himself? Like, he went on a 48-hour dehydrating bend to make himself really, really gaunt so that he would look like he wasn't as strong as he used to be. Oh, wow. Yeah, he did the same thing when he was playing Jean Valjean in uh, Les Miserables. Because Jean Valjean okay. starts as a, as a prisoner. So he did, it's the same thing he did there, just trying to make himself a little bit more, uh, a little bit more uh, worn down. I mean, Christian Bale would have probably done even more hardcore than that. So, you know, we're all like, oh, boy. But, I mean, Christian Bale would... I just think of him... He would do anything. I think of him and The Machinist yeah. and how worried he was. Because he did The Machinist right before Batman Begins. And, man, some people were worried. Wow, that was right before Batman Begins? Yeah, that's what he made right before Batman Begins. So, like, the film studio was like, um, are you going to be able to play Batman? Because you are tiny. Yeah. And then he eventually, he jacked up so much they told him he had to lose muscle to play Batman. Oh. But we're not talking about Batman, so uh, anything else you want to say about Patrick Stewart, Charles Xavier? Uh, he did a phenomenal job. Yeah, he did. I mean, it, it was I, I felt sad when he died, and I normally don't oh, care yeah. when these people die in these movies. I mean, remember, most of the X-Men died off-screen in an event that happened years leading into this movie, and I didn't care yeah. at all. I'm like, oh, whatever. It sucks to be yeah, like in, well, Yeah, when he died in X-Men 3... I didn't really care. No, no. In, in X-Men 3, when he quasi-dies, I say quasi-dies because then he kind of wakes up in that dude at the end of it, and oh, then by, yeah, like, yeah. the Wolverine or whenever, he's back in his normal body, and nobody seems to make any reference to, didn't this body get disintegrated? And, <laughs> no, okay, we're just, we're not talking about that? Okay. No, he's Professor X. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's yeah they they don't really care so much about their own continuity i don't blame them yeah that's yeah that's all i have for patrick yeah yeah all right uh so let's talk about laura x23 as she's known from the comic books played by daphne Keene, who so i glanced at her imdb not an awful lot because she was only 11 when she was making this movie Mm -hmm. Um, she was in The Refugees, which is a TV series that I've never seen. She played a, played a character named named Anna. And then she's going to be in a film next year titled Anna, where she plays a character <laughs> called Anna. I don't know if that's the same Anna. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know. I, uh, I didn't look that much into it because I didn't, I didn't care that much. But I thought she did a... She did a really, really good job in terms of playing the character Laura as she was presented. Because this was a lot younger than I think X-23 is in the comic books. I've, I'll admit, I have, I have not actually read any X-23 comics in my life. I, oh, okay. I stopped reading Marvel comics before she was introduced as a character. So, I've, yeah, I know I've never, of her. Yeah, same here. I've never heard of X-23 or even Laura. And then... Uh, when they announced this movie and that she is the version or X-23, I've started seeing more of her origin story. Well, I, I didn't watch it, but I've seen like her origin story started popping up everywhere and her comic, just all those other stuff. So I've never really heard of X-23. Yeah. I uh, So when I was in the Navy, I, I had a friend of mine who was uh, really big in X-Men comics and X-23 was his favorite character. So I've definitely I've definitely heard of X twenty I well favorite character might not be fair. I don't actually know who his favorite character was. I know he liked X twenty three. Okay. So uh I, I basically knew of her through him and anything that he told me about her, but uh, other than other than the name Laura and, you know, Wolverine's clonish daughter and the two claws in the hand and the one in the feet, like that's what I knew. That's that's about the extent of it. Which is all you need to know for this movie. So there you go. That's <laughs> They, I, I, I looked up a little bit about her origin story just to sort of try to prepare myself uh, for the podcast. So I did this after I watched the movie because I, I didn't want to ruin the movie for myself. And oh, of course, yeah, they basically those parts that I knew about X twenty three, those were the parts that they took in the movie, and they left a lot of stuff out of it. So there was there was okay. there was there was a lot of like triggers and and Weapon X stuff going on, and and a lot of. Uh, like her mother was a was a scientist in the project instead of just kind of being an anonymous donor that ended up being disappeared by the project and there was a lot of that going on so it it was it was kind of nice that they didn't try to bring a lot of the baggage with them and that they just took what everybody knew and they just l let it happen and i think i think she did a great job i i liked her in it and normally when there's children in movies uh, uh, that are supposed to be acting seriously i tend to not like them yeah. You know, and because it's very hard to do right. I mean, Dakota Fanning, who's very talented, when she was a child actress, I usually liked her characters. But a lot of times, especially when when the whole point is that you've, you've paired the uh, the adult with the, with the young girl, it, it could either go really well, like it did in Logan, or it could go really bad. And I wasn't sure where this was going to go with it, but it ended up working out really well. I, I, liked, I liked how they worked with each other, and I liked how they, they played against each other. Yeah, I agree. Uh, she did a, a really great job, and I do agree with you about the child actors uh, because sometimes they just, mm -hmm. they just, uh, they're just smiling. Yeah, they're not, they're not supposed to be smiling. Yeah, well, apparently, <laughs> uh, I've, I've, I've heard Daphne Kinney was having such fun playing X twenty three and doing all the fight scenes and all of her stunts that they would have to take several takes to film it because she'd end up smiling. 
Because she, she liked what she was doing. But, I mean, if that's the worst thing that comes out of having her on the film, that's fine. She, I, I didn't want her to be your your normal whiny kid sidekick. And I'm, I'm looking at you, Iron Man 3. <laughs> I'm looking at you, whiny kid sidekick. <laughs> All right, all right. So let's let's move on. Let's talk about some villains. Want to talk about some villains? All right, all right. The bad guy. The bad guys. There's a couple of them. So yeah, there are. Uh, we had Boyd Holbrook who played Donald Pierce. So Donald Pierce, I the name sounded familiar. I had to look him up. He's been in comics that I've read, but he's a he's a cyborg, and he's been involved with the Reavers who uh, the Reavers actually played a significant role in this movie, and they're from the comic books as well as... Uh, I normally, when I think Reavers, I think Lady Deathstrike, who was played by Kelly Who in the second X-Men movie. You know what, they're, they're a cyborg mercenaries, so they, they did the job well in the terms of... They could have made, you know, they could have made the mercenaries anybody in Logan. They could you have, could have yeah. just been generic mercenaries, and it wouldn't have mattered. And I think... That's true. By making them the Reavers, it just... It throws a little bit to the comic books, other than the problem is with all these guys who have all these mechanical parts on them that they call enhancements or whatever. They don't really explain where they came from or what purpose they served. Yeah, they really didn't really serve a purpose in the movie. Just, I guess it's probably just one of those nods yeah. to comic book fans. Yeah, like, well, why did all these guys have all these cybernetic parts? Because they're the Reavers. What purpose do they serve? Yeah. They're the Reavers. Just, just <laughs> leave it. Just relax, exactly. man. <laughs> Come on, if they weren't the Reavers, they'd be generic yeah. male number yeah. one. Do you want generic mercenaries or do you want at least somebody from the comic book? So just deal. But <laughs> but yeah, he looks significantly different in, in the comics than he did as he was portrayed in the movie. But it's been so long since I've read any... I mean, this is a character that's been around since the 80s. Uh, I believe it was created by Claremont and, and Byrne. And those guys made a lot of... They, they wrote a lot of x-men stories back then so i'm sure he's i'm sure he's more prominent than i'm giving him credit for but i didn't really remember who he was uh yeah i don't know so anyway i don't know either played by boyd holbrook uh what do you think boyd's been in uh he wasn't i have no idea so he was in i've i've looked at his imdb because that's what i do that's that's sometimes i know these guys off the top of my head and i will proudly proclaim when i do but this guy i had to look up so i went through his imdb Uh, some stuff I've seen, I don't remember, like Gone Girl with Ben Affleck. I, I, I don't remember him from that movie. They say he was in it. Why. You know, I, I, I believe them. Why would they lie? But uh, I don't remember him from that. And that's the only thing from IMDb that I think I've actually seen. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He's gonna be in the new Predator movie. <laughs> Are they still making Predator movies? <laughs> they, oh well, yeah, 2018. Why? Why? The last Predator movie was was good. Which one I was the last it. Predator movie? I think it was just Predator. And, no, no, no. Uh, Predators. The one with Adrian Brody? Predators. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. the one. Yeah. I didn't see that. Oh, I like that movie. I, I, the last time I saw a Predator movie or an Alien movie was the same movie, which is Aliens versus Predator Requiem, oh. which was not good. Not. So that, that does pretty much turn you off from all Alien parent franchise. You know, <laughs> I used to like the Alien franchise, and then I think I just... I, I, I watched Alien Resurrection, and I think I should have just stopped at, at 3. No, you know what? No, because 3 was awful. No, th- I should have stopped. Yeah, 3 was awful. I should have stopped at Aliens. I should have just said, okay, mm. and that's how it ends, and then been done with it. But instead, I kept watching, and then I watched Resurrection, and then Versus Predator, and then Versus Predator Requiem, and now I'm done. Now that I have that in the back of my head, I'm done. And I haven't seen any of the other stuff, the Prometheus or the, the new one that just came out. 
Yeah. Revel- I've seen Prometheus. Revelation? Is that the new one? Maybe. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Not important to what we're doing. Uh, let's see who else. No, it's not. It is not. Who is another villain? Uh, Dr. Rice, played by Richard E. Grant. Richard E. Grant has been in a ton of stuff. He was a voice in The Corpse Bride. He was in uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. So stuff I've seen that I can't remember him from. Sorry. He was a character in Game of Thrones, but I don't watch Game of Thrones, so I couldn't tell you who he was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, Isim, there's so many characters. Isimbaro, no for people? Yeah. he's He was only in three it, episodes, so uh, he's probably dead. If my understanding you know. of that show is at all accurate. That's That means he's dead. He's, yep. he's now dead. Yeah. <laughs> um, who, what else has he been in? He was in Doctor Who. He was in Doctor Who. I don't really watch Doctor Who. He, he played Doctor Simeon and the Great Intelligence. Mm, oh, the Great Intelligence. Okay. Oh. Kind of. Kind of remember something like okay. that. Okay. I, I I don't really watch a lot of Doctor Who. I, I'm surprised I know as much about Doctor Who as I as I do. I actually have a really good working knowledge of how the Weeping Angels work. Oh yeah, good, good. Yeah, and and I don't actually know how that happened because I have never seen an episode from beginning to end of Doctor Who, and even the episodes I've seen, I don't think I've ever seen a Weeping Angel episode. But somehow, oh, somehow, I could probably tell you more about them than some Whovians could, and I don't know how that yeah. happened. <laughs> you could probably you probably know more than I do. I just I've and I watch the show. <laughs> yeah, I I I I don't know, but uh so here here's an interesting tidbit about this guy and also going back to Doctor Who. In uh in a Doctor Who looks like an animated show called Doctor Who Scream of Shalka. He actually voiced the doctor. Oh, okay. Yeah, so there's some so there's something you didn't know. All right. There you little go. one for the yeah. little one for the fans. Um, let's see, he's played Bob Cratchit in one of the Christmas movies, uh, he's voiced the Doctor and other stuff, too. Oh, he actually, he once played the Doctor in Comic Relief Doctor Who, The Curse of Fatal Death in 1990, I don't know, that's, he was in Spice World, Spice World, John! Oh, Spice he was World. In Spice, okay. He was Clifford from Spice World. That's where you're all remembering yes. him from. There you go. Yeah, he was in. Yeah, actually, he was yep. in Spice World. <laughs> I have to move on now. I can't. I can't top that. All right. So he, oh, he plays yeah. Doctor Rice, who was uh, Xander Rice, who actually is a character from the comic books, who was uh, was involved in his dad. I, I want to say like the whole his dad being involved in Weapon X and being killed by Logan. I think that came right out of the comic books. I, I don't. Uh, yeah, I, I want to say that came from the comic books, and they just adapted it for the movies. That wasn't just something exclusively to the movies world. But don't hold me to that. I believe you. That's all. I'm, <laughs> that's all I ask. All I ask is that you just believe me and just assume that everything I say is accurate. Oh, it, it is. All right. So Caliban, the character Caliban, was he from the comic books? I don't even know. I have no idea. That's a, that's another character I've I've never heard of. Mm-hmm. And then when I watch if they're watching this movie, I still don't know much of. Mm-hmm. So he was. I'm I'm looking him up now on on Wikipedia, which I'm just going to presume is truth. Yeah, it is. So it he's is. yeah he's been in the X Men comics since the 1980s. Also created by Claremont um, and mm-hmm. Dave Cockrum. So I probably would have seen him, but no, he does. He's not familiar to me at all. He was in X Men Apocalypse. Oh, okay. Portrayed by a different actor, but he the character was in it. All right. And he can sense and track other mutants. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm looking at animated and like I'm looking at excerpts of him from X Men comic books, and I I don't remember this guy at all. But in this particular movie, he was played by by Stephen Merchant. Oh, why is that name familiar? Where do I know Stephen Merchant from? He is in Portal Two. He was Wheatley. Oh, he's also yeah. the. Uh, co-creator he's always usually with ricky gervais yeah didn't he um he was a writer on the office right 
And didn't he... Yeah, the British... Yeah. Didn't he co-create The Office, or am I... He did. He did. Oh. Well then, there you go. He was Caliban. He is Caliban, and he did a good job. He did a good job. I agree. Good job. Good job, good, Stephen. Good job, Stephen Merchant. I knew that name was familiar, but I just really couldn't place it right off the top of my head. Uh, so Gabriella, played by Elizabeth Rodriguez, who everyone knows from Orange is the New Black. Orange is the New yeah, Black. Yeah, that's right. She plays yep. um, Alieda. The, yeah. she was, uh, she's Dayanara's mom. She is. That's right. That's where I only know her from. Yeah, that that's the only place I know her from. She's been in Fear the Walking Dead, but I don't watch that show. She, I don't she, she was in Grimm. I don't watch that show. Oh, yeah, huh? She was in there. Mm-hmm. She was in an episode of Law & Order SVU that I did not see. Isn't that your show? Uh, so I stopped watching after Chris Maloney left the show. Oh. I watched the first season when he was gone, and I, I didn't really like it all that much. So, I okay. yeah, so... <laughs> I, I don't. The, I don't have a. I don't have a fun ending to that story. I just. <laughs> oh, I got my resolution, so I think yeah. I'm good. <laughs> uh, let's see. She was in All My Children for a year or so. I don't. Oh, I don't wow. watch that. Uh, she did yeah. a few Law and Orders. I've probably seen these, but not recalling her. She did uh, three appearances on ER. I didn't watch that show. Neither Two did appearances I. in NYPD Blue. Didn't watch that. She's been in a ton of stuff, and it's just we're just wow. not overlapping. I'm. She's probably one of those side characters that you just don't remember. Yeah. Every now and then, you see a character that's been in so many things, and I just, for the life of me, can't understand how I've never seen any of them. But here we are. Looking at her IMDb. Yeah, but I definitely remembered her from Orange is the New Black. Yes. So. That's, that, yeah, that's that's mostly where I mm-hmm. remember her from. Yeah. I, I actually really like Orange is the New Black. I'm a big fan of that show. Same here. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. So let's, oh, sad. We're at the Munsons now. We got to talk about the Munsons. Oh. Man, when these oh, man. when these folks were introduced, I just sat there and I thought, "Oh, they're going to kill that nice family, aren't they?" That was my my initial thought and Logan's like, "We need to leave." And I'm saying, "Yeah, you need to leave before you get this family killed. You need to make them side characters and then move on with your life." And they did not. That's not what Charles wants. He wants to he wants to have fa- have family dinner. Yeah, and I mean some of that is just that he just he wants something that's familiar and he just doesn't want to be on the road anymore, but generally speaking, that was a ridiculously unsafe thing to do. That is why he died. Yeah, it is. I mean, <laughs> they should have never stayed the night there. They shouldn't have even had dinner there, but having dinner there at the nope. very least they should not have stayed the night. They really should have helped those people and then been moving specifically to save them. Not so much so they don't get involved, but to save them because because yikes and those those poor folk. Yeah. Charles had to be had to be selfish. Mm-hmm. All right. And if they, if he didn't if they didn't stop, they I, I, they probably would have made it to Canada. Yeah. They would have they would have made it no problem if if they didn't stop. The Munsons would still be alive. I mean, still having their issues with their farm that they were having, but you know, yeah. maybe Mrs. Munson, Catherine would have finally convinced Will to to leave the farm and go traveling. You know, mm-hmm. maybe maybe Nate would have left school. Maybe not. I don't know what Nate was up to. Nate was a nice kid, super nice to Laura. It's, yes, they just didn't deserve to go out like that by Clone Wolverine. That's not no. <laughs> no. All right. So all right, we're gonna. They were such a nice family. We're gonna talk about each one of them before we move on in 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 this. In this podcast. Uh, so Eric LaSalle. That... Eric LaSalle played yes. Bade Wilmunson, who I think most people know him from ER. He played uh, Peter Benton. Again, I didn't watch ER, but he was on that show for nearly all of its run, if not the entire thing. Okay. Uh, so he had a small part in Coming to America. 
uh, see, Under the Dome, which was a show that was on for a year. He has played one role in uh, Angie Tribeca, which is a really funny show. Reminds me of uh, The Naked Gun. Yes, I like that. Uh, he was in an episode of Covert Affairs, which is good. He's been, he was on 24 back in 2010. Oh, yeah. Looking to see if there's anything else that we would have known him from. No. No, that's it. No. But, no. I mean, he was in ER for many, many, many years, so. Oh, and in 92, he has an episode of Quantum Leap. Oh, I would have okay. seen that. I've seen all of Quantum Leap. I have them all on DVD. I appreciated Quantum Leap. Even the last season, which was not a good season. Not a good season. Oh. Ugh. They really should have just not done the last season. So would you say they quantum leaped the shark? <laughs> you know, as I was saying that, I thought to myself, I wonder if he's going to say leap the shark. <laughs> and here we are. Uh, <laughs> yes, actually. Once, when, when they started using... Could be, well, the whole point of, of the whole jumping the shark trope is that you do something for the sake of getting ratings, and it's usually something ridiculous, and you do it to try to renew some interest in your show that was lost. Yeah. And so in the last season of the show, instead of the whole premise is, you know, Sam jumps into the lives of people and they aren't like major historical figures and he just kind of changes their individual little lives. In the last season, he's jumping into like Lee Harvey Oswald and Marilyn Monroe's bodyguard and stuff. And he's actually like affecting famous people, which was not the whole point of the show. So, yes, <laughs> to answer your question, John, they quantum leap the shark. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. Catherine Munson was played by uh, Elise Neal. Uh, she was in Scream 2. She was in The Hewleys, Hustle and Flow. I can't remember her from Scream 2, which is the only one of those things that I've mentioned that I've actually watched. Uh, is she one of the main ones? Probably not. I don't see her. I don't no. uh, I don't see her on the poster. No. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not down. I mean, she's been in a ton of stuff, but it's just no overlap here. And that's... Yeah, I don't... That's, that's, not seeing anything. that's too bad. She's, oh, she was in the Steve Harvey show. I watched the Steve Harvey show. Played Juanita Duche. Actually, I kind of remember her now. And that one episode? I like the Steve Harvey show. Sue me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she was in Sequest 2032. Remember that from the 90s? Sequest? I think that's the one with the dolphin. Uh, no. All right. She was in uh, an episode of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. You remember The Fresh Prince? Tell me you remember The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Oh, that is, that's my show, okay. yeah. I remember, but I just don't remember her. Okay, in it. She was in an episode of California Dreams. She was in Family Matters. Where's, where did I miss her in Family Matters? Oh, yeah, she was an episode of Family Matters, yeah. California Dreams. Remember that show? They were trying to replace Saved by the Bell, and they just couldn't do it. And they oh, no. they kept trying. Some of those people did become breakout stars. There was this one, I don't remember what the show was called, but it was, it was trying to replace Saved by the Bell, and it was about playing basketball. And it went nowhere, but it did launch the career of one Mr. Anthony Anderson. Oh yeah, yeah. All right, and we might as well Nate Munson, the kid. We're gonna we're gonna talk about this nice family, and then we're gonna gonna move on. So he was in Logan. Uh, he was in the movie Doubt. No, the TV series Doubt. Oh, I don't know what that is. Then <laughs> <laughs> I saw Doubt, and I'm like, oh, the movie Doubt. I like that movie. Who do you play in that? Oh, the TV show Doubt. No, I haven't seen that. No, no idea. Uh, <laughs> uh, Casey Undercover, which is on the Disney Channel, he played Josh X. I don't know. Oh, and. Uh, Okay, so he hasn't done a ton of stuff. Yeah, he's in the Goldbergs. He's in the Goldbergs, but I don't that. watch the Goldbergs. Yeah. But it looks like he's a regular on the Goldbergs. All right, I'm done with the cast. Do you have anybody else in this cast you want to talk about? Uh, No, 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 no. I think that's that's pretty much the whole cast. 
Besides, well, I guess there's other like the the other mutants, but they're not really on the top. No, I mean, I gotta draw the line somewhere. There's all the kids, and I don't want to go through every single one of the kids. No, and then yeah, I, there's there's no then one else. All the Reavers. I'm I'm actually so I'm just gonna go do a quick scroll through this cast to see if there was anybody here that I recognize right off the top of my head who. Does uh does Stanley ever do cameos no, in the X Men movies? He normally does. Now, when I say normally, bear in mind I haven't seen all of them, but he I definitely can remember his cameo in the the original X Men movie, and I think he had a cameo in some of the other ones. He had no cameo in this movie, unless no. unless I absolutely missed it. But he had no cameo, and and I'm I'm kind of glad to be perfectly honest with you because I'm. I would pull you out of the movie. I'm a little, I'm a little over the Stanley cameo. If I'm being perfectly honest with what? you, no, it's what? been. You know what? It was cute the first couple of times, but I just, I don't, I don't want to see it anymore. <laughs> okay. And and now now it's getting to the point where it, it's so morbid. But they're they're pre-recording them for movies coming up, so in case something oh. happens to him, they still have them. And I'm like, no, see now, now you've now you've made it weird, and I don't. I, I don't want to do that. That's just that's just not right. But he will always live on through the hearts of the Marvel movies. Y- y- no. Aww. I mean, listen, I, I, I like Stan Lee and all, but it's just seeing them trot him out just to say a couple of throwaway lines every movie, those, it's just not, that's not the man's legacy, and I don't want that to be what everyone remembers him for. I mean, he helped co-create most of the characters in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. So, and and granted, his his brain's going a little bit. I he he did once claim that his brother-in-law invented Mjolnir. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. So Stanley has a really bad memory, and it's it's almost famously so. And he will also admit this. But what he tends to do is he just kind of fills in the blanks when he has to talk about things that he doesn't remember. So sometimes he'll forget things like Mjolnir is an actual part of Norse mythology and has been around for a while. And he says, I think my brother-in-law invented that word, and it doesn't mean anything. I'm like, that's not actually the truth. <laughs> but anyway, so no Stanley cameo. I actually wrote that in my notes, and I was going to ask if, if you remember the Stanley cameo, but no. So let's talk, let's talk about this movie. Yes. So let's, nice. first of all, and there's one thing that, that immediately struck me when I saw it in the movie, and I just, I just wanted to, to mention it while, while, we were, while we were on the podcast talking to ourselves, but Gabriella using... Only a smartphone. She has some grade A video editing skills. That is that's my top note number one. Yeah, she's she's a better videographer than I am with my vlogs. I mean, she because some of that was you know her her hidden camera with her cell phone, right? But then some of that was clearly body cameras from some of the the security officers there. Some of that was from uh, an operating facility. Some of that was security footage, and then she does she recorded herself doing that that full mm-hmm. monologue in that hotel room while Laura was sleeping. Oh, shit, without waking, without waking her, up. her up. And then edits in all the other footage. I was, I'm just impressed. I'm like, how are you not working for Hollywood? She's, she's a scientist. She, and, and videographer editing, that's just her passion. Wow. She has, she knows what she's doing. I, I feel <laughs> like she's got, she's got a vlog somewhere in this world. That's what, that was vlog number yeah. one. <laughs> I mean, I was just impressed. Now, granted, like, some of that may be, you know what, this is 2029. I don't know how user-friendly all the interfaces are in, in iOS and, and for Android these days. You know, maybe maybe it's a lot easier in the future when you figure how much memory your phone has, and I don't know. Maybe she just, you know, said, uh, Alexa, edit in these files. 
Alexa did. I don't. Oh, she just used iMovie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, remember we are we are talking about some twenty some odd years in the future here. How many? So yeah. it's twenty seventeen now, and so it's twenty twenty nine. So all right, so twelve years in the future. So okay. So I it's twelve it. years worth of advances in, in phone technology, and I will say I was. What I appreciate is when they went 12 years in the future, they didn't try to make everything too science fiction. You know, yeah. sometimes they were like, oh, it's 10 years from now, flying cars. No, no, there's not going to be flying cars in the far off distant world of 2029. <laughs> you know, it's, no, they're not going to pull it back to the future where in the 80s, they presumed that by 2015, we'd have flying cars. And they know, they, why would we have flying cars? You know how far away that technology is from being readily reproducible and where are we gonna get the energy for that anyway so other other than logan's car i didn't see anything that doesn't look like something that you could get today and logan's car really was just a limo but it just looked a little bit more futuristic and even that was still a 25 so yeah i mean like everything in there technology wise looked standard even the when they used the drone it looked like a standard just looked like your standard drone today um you know, they were still shooting bullets and with laser guns, so I appreciate they didn't try to throw those in there. I- yeah, the only futuristic um, gadget was the soldier's arms. Right, yeah, which, I mean, let's be honest. If they wanted to use the Reavers in a present-day movie, they would have just had them still there with the same arms, so that wasn't necessarily a sign of the times. Yeah. I just, you know, as long as we're talking about the technology, there's there was one scene, it was towards the end of the movie, which was really odd to me. It was when Wolverine was was trying to, you know, stop the Reavers from taking the kids. And at one point in time, he gets shot in the leg with the harpoon. And the, and the harpoon's tethered. So they're holding him back, and he's, like, trying to fight against the harpoon with his claws out. And I remember mm-hmm. thinking, Wolverine, if only there was some way you could cut that tether and continue going where you wanted to go unimpeded. If only you had some sharp object, sharp enough to cut through anything, that you could use to just cut that line. Right there. Instead of no, you're just gonna keep fighting against it. All right, he's just, he's yes, he's just gonna yeah. fight it, everybody. It's just he's. Yeah. It just took him way too long to realize. Hey, I've got these claws. But little did you know that that harpoon that was adamantium. That was not adamantium. He just sliced the top of it right <laughs> off. Uh, and as long as we're talking about adamantium, we have to talk about the adamantium bullet. Oh, so yeah. when when he mentioned that he had the adamantium, now this is this is part of it is because I watch a lot of movies and I often reference Chekhov's gun. Which is, of course, it's it's a, a literary term used for when you introduce something in one act, you must then fire it in the third act. So, you know, if, when you say that he has an adamantium bullet, you can't drop it there. You then must use that adamantium bullet. So the second that clone Wolverine showed up, I said to myself, well, he's taking that bullet. That's how they're stopping uh, him. Because yep. I know there's an adamantium bullet. They told me it was there. So obviously, that's what they're going to use it for. Which I don't know if that would work, because the last time I saw an adamantium bullet in an X-Men film, it was X-Men Origins Wolverine, and it just gave him a case of the forgets. So, in this movie, it <laughs> blew half his head clear off, so I, I don't I don't know. I don't know if it was a different caliber. I, it looked like an X-Men Origins Wolverine, it might have been a 9mm, but I didn't give it that close of a look. But this was a significant bullet, and I think we might have been talking about possibly a thirty-eight. I still don't know if an adamant, even an adamantium bullet should be able to destroy an adamantium skull but in full force maybe i don't i mean it it, it, it's supposed to be unbreakable but then it's adamantium against adamantium but can you cut adamantium with i didn't think you could cut adamantium with adamantium but then it would be hot i don't know i don't know they it blew half the the clone wolverine's head off so whatever but 
what was really what really struck me as kind of very heavy-handed is not only did they have to establish the bullet was there so i already knew the bullet was going to be used to kill clone wolverine they have this whole other scene just before that happens just to just to reestablish hey remember this bullet that could kill me and now i'm going to reestablish who has the bullet so that i don't know, it was it was so heavy-handed that if i had any doubt in my mind that it was going to be used against the clone Wolverine, it was completely eliminated when they took a second opportunity to point to Chekhov's gun and say, check it out, it's Chekhov's gun. I wonder if it's going to fire in the next act. There, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, sorry, I was, I'm going on a tangent. No, I like yep. it. But uh, so here's this is, this is why I here's some other fun things that, that I'm, I'm happy to see. So we're in the world of 2029, right? Cigars yes. are still legal. Oh, yeah, huh? Yeah, you can still buy them. They're, they're still right on the front desk of, of the convenience store. So that's nice. That's that's good. Yeah, yeah. And so here's here's another thought. So Wolverine, they, at one point they have that whole action sequence in the, in the smelting plant or whatever that, that was, where they have to escape with uh, Professor X and, and Laura, and they get on the other side of the train, and that was actually a pretty decent action sequence. I, I one, of, one of my favorites in the movie, and I would have liked a few more, but it was kind of nice when I got to see both Laura and Wolverine fight side by side oh yes yes but their car got all jacked up in that fight it did how how, it went through a fence yeah it went through a fence i mean it got blasted by the train it was shot all up how did they get back across the border without raising any question marks at all Mm, that is a good one because they i think they did a pretty decent job of establishing that in the world of 2029 the border wall is there so i i don't I don't know how they would have gotten back across the border if they if they could have just crossed it some some unwalled area or or whatever. But I mean, they were very clearly they crossed the border back into the U.S. and nobody raised any flags over all the gunfire that hit that vehicle that they were dealing with. Yeah, that they just thought, oh, that was a beat up car. Yeah. Let's, let's continue forward. Yep. Just like the the uh, the bellhop when they took in the car. I think what happens in OK City stays in OK City. I think that's the premise there. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> He's like, listen, not my business, not my circus, not my monkeys. <laughs> Do your thing, sir. Your money's good here. <laughs> and I have to imagine if I went to any used car dealership and offered them $2,000 to quote-unquote forget the paperwork, they would yeah. probably also make a couple of phone calls. But they want the money. It's only $2,000. Right? Listen, if he had said, all right, so you want $8,000, i will give you 20000 if you forget the paperwork, then I could see... Somebody saying, hmm, $12,000, I can forget the paperwork. But for two, my, you know, let's say this thing's used in a crime. They're going to trace it back to you. They're going to know what you did. I mean, you're accepting an awfully big risk. I don't know. No, that's true. Maybe the, the lady was not thinking about that. She, maybe she was going to pocket that 2000 and be like, oh, this guy, he paid for it at full price. And that $2,000 is just going to be my pocket. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's it's 2029. Maybe they're not that smart in yeah. the future. So you know what I, what I what I came to to notice in this film, and this is a this is a trope that's been around a while, and Superman suffers from it too. Is that you ever hear of the the trope where I think it's called Worf is a wimp? So it's no. it's named after, of course, Worf from from Star Trek. And the whole point is we're okay. constantly told Worf is a great warrior, a, a, a phenomenal warrior, a huge warrior, and he's you know the great hand to hand combat. He's the security guy. And whenever we watch Star Trek The Next Generation, which is relevant to this movie because of Patrick Stewart, he's always getting beat up and tossed around and flipped flipped around because 
He's only his establishment as a warrior only serves to show some other person is an even greater threat than he is. You yeah. know, and Superman suffered a lot from this in the Justice League cartoon where well why couldn't Superman just beat him himself? So the first thing the guy ever does is knock Superman out and just to show he's stronger than Superman. So what you end up having is this scenario where you're told somebody is super powerful, but you always see them getting beat up and tossed around. Mm-hmm. And it made me think of the clone Wolverine because Wolverine being a, a really strong mutant and uh, and he's always sort of considered the ultimate killing machine. He even in the comic book says, I am the best there is at what I do. And what I do isn't very nice. <laughs> but uh, I'm thinking to the cartoon and to the other movies, he's constantly getting basically bested by other people and just eking it out at the end. Why didn't they clone one of them? Wouldn't, wouldn't it have been true. nice to have a, a Magneto clone somewhere that you could have used? They should have thought about that. I mean, maybe a Wolverine clone would have been nice, you know, if you were trying to get close to the people without raising suspicion. But seems like a Magneto clone really could have done the job there. I don't know. And maybe they just didn't have the DNA. But it just, when they always pull him out as being the ultimate killing machine, I just have to think about all the people who, you know, have, have come very close to just tearing them apart. You know, Mystique would have been a great choice if they had her DNA. There's, let's see, Mystique, she she whipped him around left ways and right ways, and he just eked out a victory, death strike. Um, who else have we seen beat him up? It, seems, it happens all the time. Sabretooth? Uh, I would have loved to have seen a Sabretooth clone. Yeah, really? and not a Lee of Schreiber Sabretooth clone, a Tyler Maine Sabretooth clone, the guy who played him from the first X-Men movie. Okay. I don't remember him, Sabretooth, being that strong at all. Well, in the first movie, he was a big dude, and he was tossing him around an awful lot. And in fact, um, probably wouldn't have actually beat... He probably wouldn't have actually beat him if Magneto and Cyclops and everyone didn't intervene at that point. But cause didn't he just all up just toss Wolverine off the Statue of Liberty? Am I remembering? I mean, it's been a while, but... Uh, I don't hmm. remember. I just, in my head, I seem to think that I've seen Wolverine basically get tossed aside... In almost every single one of these movies, by somebody's big bad, yet yeah, yeah. here, you know, he's he's still the one that they wanted to clone to bring out, and that just that just struck me as as being very odd. Also, how does Wolverine know his real name now? Did he, did he ever learn that? Did oh, did he? Oh yeah, huh? Right? I, I thought they maybe did they know his name in the first movie? No, no, they only knew him as Logan in the first movie. I mean, they've oh. the only time his name was revealed is in X Men Origins Wolverine, and even even there. They, uh, he, he forgets because of the magic mind erase bullet that we've talked about. So, <laughs> you know, it's, I, I don't know how he would have figured out what his real name was, but he's definitely using it. So I, I don't, I don't know what happened there. I don't know how he figured out his real name. I don't know if it happened in the Wolverine and maybe I don't know about it, but, uh, yeah, I thought that was odd. They, maybe the, maybe in the Wolverine, cause I, I remember that movie a little bit, not too much. I'll just remember the bad guy. That, mm-hmm. That's it. And so, another question for you, John. Question for you. Relevant yes. to to one of your recent podcasts. At the uh, When they crossed the border and they were at the gas station, uh, if you look in the background of the gas station, it looks like there's a restaurant in there, and it looked like a Five Guys. Was that a Five Guys? <laughs> I was not looking at the background. This is, this is what I do when I watch movies. John. I, I look in the backgrounds at stuff like, hey, is that a Five Guys back there? I didn't know if you noticed it too, but I yeah, I have n- no idea. If I'm gonna have to take a look, it it really it really looked like a Five Guys to me. I'm sorry, it did. And and one final note, because I have to nitpick, and I'm I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm gonna nitpick. 
So, so uh, when Laura's it, got it. the adamantium bullet, the special adamantium bullet that that Wolverine's been carrying around all these years, and at no point in time did I see any individual in the Reavers use a revolver. I never saw a single one of them use a revolver gun at all. Laura finds a revolver handgun in the midst of all that chaos, a gun that they weren't using. I imagine most of them had Beretta sidearms, and they were using a lot of uh, military-grade automatic or semi-automatic weapons. She finds the one, the one and only revolver handgun on the battlefield, and it just happens to be the right caliber for the bullet she's carrying with her. Exactly. I mean, you talk about the astronomical circumstances and the planets aligning in just the right way, just so that you can you can shoot the gun. I mean, if they had established that that Logan also happened to carry the gun that could use that bullet, I could believe that. Because if you're carrying around the bullet thinking you might use it someday, maybe you're carrying around the gun you can also use to use it someday. Makes sense to me. But mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it was just it it struck me as astronomical. Yeah, uh, me not being a smart guy with guns, uh, I would think, you know, maybe this will fit this this gun. And then try it, nope, it doesn't fit at all. That That's that's my logic. And for her to figure that out, <laughs> I think uh, yeah, <laughs> I think there's something. I fishy. mean, they even show her happen to notice the gun there. Like, they went out of their way to say she noticed the gun. I'm like, so she knows the caliber of that gun? And maybe, I mean, she's she's been trained as some kind of soldier and, and so... But as a as a brute force kind of soldier, well, not I mean, as a weapons expert. I got to be honest with you. If I was trying to create a group of, of mutant super soldiers, and this mutant super soldier had a healing factor and claws, I would think that's cute. Yeah. But it's 2029. You need a projectile. You're you know, be smarter than the Jedi. That's all I'm saying. You need you need to have a blaster at your side. So let's let's. I would give them some sort of training with with you know, pistols and weapons and rifles and the like, so that when I eventually did want to use them in the field, I could actually equip them with standard weapons like the Reavers would have, and then the powers are sort of your supplemental. You know, I I don't... I I, I still want you to have the same parity of weapons with the enemy that you're going to be engaging. I want your powers to be the X-Factor above and beyond that parity, rather than just to hope that your powers happen to mesh against whatever you're going up against that's that's me that's that's my thinking if i was going to create this child army of mutants that's how i would have done it is what i'm saying mm, mm. i might ha- i might now, have problems I, I don't know i no no you're you're on the right <laughs> path but i'm just saying like they i think the kids with mutant abilities need to learn how to hone their abilities first because from what their training video a vlog. I'm sorry. It was a training yep. vlog. Um, showed that they were the kids were still learning how to hone their abilities uh, as like the, some telekinesis guy tossing stuff around and tossing a guard around. Yeah, yeah. I I wasn't really too clear on what his power was. It kind of it kind of it reminded me a little bit of Havoc. But then I I seem to remember that when they actually introduced Havoc in these movies, it was it wasn't like that. He he used his powers differently, didn't he? Mm, Havoc. Havoc. He would. He was the dude <laughs> with the thing on his chest in X Men First Class. Oh, okay, okay. But in my head, that's how I thought his powers should have worked. So I was just presuming it was Havoc's powers. Oh. But I'm reading way more into it than they ever. I mean, at one point, I was actually trying to figure out um, which kid was a clone of which mutant. Yeah, that's what I was trying to do. And too. when kid had yeah uh, grass powers. Yes, one kid had grass powers. I'm not really sure where that came from. 
<laughs> so what I, what I was able to figure out based on what I briefly was able to see when Logan was flipping through the files is that the one kid who could do electricity, he was cloned off of Bolt from X-Men Origins Wolverine. Oh, okay. So yeah, so there there's that. <laughs> we got one, but that's after that I I decided I didn't want to I didn't want to try to figure that out anymore. I was that was just a fool's errand. <laughs> Yeah, you're like, I got one, done. done. I think it would have been smarter if you had given them, like, a lot of the traditional X-Men's powers. Oh. You you know. That'd be too much nods. That's too much nods, Dan. You know what? But, I mean, wasn't that what you would want to do if you were raising your own kids? I'd want my own X-Men. And I'd want them to have the same X-Men powers. That's true, but that's that's too much. I mean, Logan's all about heart, not nods. Okay, but maybe we could have had somebody with laser beam eyes. That's true. I, I mean, he managed to show his face in so many of the other movies. He did. <laughs> Even in he first class. first class. Oh, man. Scott gets in all these movies somehow. I don't know how. He's got a good publicist. <laughs> he, has a, he has an eye for mm-hmm. these things. So what do we what do we think of Drunk Logan? Uh, a good... Uh, well, I, I like it. I like it. Okay, well, you like the character, not not actual alcoholism. I'm presuming there. <laughs> drunk, drunk, nah, drunk Logan. I mean, like brooding Logan. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that's how he would be if he was mm-hmm. not a part of the yeah. X Men. I, I mean, it, at one point, I'm wondering, you know, why he drinks all the time because I have to imagine the healing factor's gotta prevent him from getting any kind of inebriation. But then I, maybe if the the healing factor's going away, then inebriation is sort of the only thing that kind of gives him a solace right now. Oh yeah, which well, is too yeah. That's too bad. It's just it was it was a very we we start when we see him. He's in a very very low and sad place. Like they they establish from the very first scene that we got him in, which is when he's uh they're trying to take the or they trying to take the rims off his car. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we establish first we establish how violent this film is going to be because. <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah right then and there yeah. just they, bam. They, they, okay this is the type of movie <laughs> they, they they set the tone pretty quick and like oh well logan's cursing oh let's stab that dude in the face he's i haven't seen him stab anyone in the face before i guess we're stabbing in the face now it's it's just odd you know especially when you consider that we we've only ever seen this character in a pg-13 setting before now granted yeah. we've heard him curse before you know he he was Yes, he, he, he was very clear yeah. when he and was talking to, to Charles Xavier back in the 60s what he thought, but it's it was just very odd. That I've, I've seen him in a PG-13 context, and now all of a sudden he's just straight up stabbing people in the face and in the throat, and, and because they damaged his car, and I get it, it's a lease, I would be upset too, but that got kind of violent there. Yeah, it did. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I, here's, the, here's the thing. And I'm, this is confession time, John. You ready? Ready for confession? I'm ready. Whenever I'm asked what superpower would I have if I could pick a superpower, I will always probably say something about flight or invisibility or super speed or super strength or, or something along those lines, one of the traditional superpowers. But if I'm being honest with myself, deep in my heart, I want Wolverine's powers. I want, oh, I want okay. the claws and the healing factor. If I really could pick what I wanted for myself, it would be the claws and the healing factor because, man, claws that could just cut through anything and anybody, I would enjoy those. And if I was going to be in a position where I wanted to use those claws, I would want to make sure that I would heal from anything that happened to me. Okay. I, I see the healing factor. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I don't see the claws. This might be, that, this might be that... a, a bit of a personal insight into my psych, psychology there where I would use those claws probably not okay. for the best of things. I would, I would be, like? well, I mean, so let's say that somebody cuts me off in traffic. Okay. I might go up to their car and slice through a couple of the wheels. 
<laughs> okay. Okay. So this is this pr- personal. Y- yes, I would. I would use, use them okay, exclusively okay. for illegal purposes. I mean, and maybe, okay, maybe not okay, exclusively. I maybe I mean, at this point, if I have the healing factor and whatnot, maybe I, you know, I, I become a, a tree remover or something like that because. <laughs> you know, I don't have to be super careful in that case because, um, you know, I, I can't get hurt. And I, yes. I would have immaculate hedges. I will tell you that, man. I just had to trim my hedges. And that's a pain. And if I had those claws, that would have been such an easy job. If I, You'd be the, the next Edward Scissorhands. Well, you know, you don't have to go Edward Scissorhands. I'm just it's saying, you know, I, w- <laughs> I could have just, I would love to take a good foot to two feet off the top of my hedges. And I can't. And I don't want to get out the chainsaw to do it because I'm half convinced I'm going to somehow cut through the side of the house. I understand that there Mm. is a a solid 12 inches between the back of the hedges and the house, but I'm still convinced I'm going to saw into the house. And I'm so terrified of doing that, I won't cut down the hedges. But if I had wolverine claws, and those things are only a foot long themselves, I could probably control that well enough that I could slice those hedges. And that's a use for them right there. The, The hedges, John. Okay. Yes, I get the healing factor. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get my hedges. My my hedges analogy may not be the the strongest case to make for the claws, but maybe maybe I just say like, listen, if I if I want to be Wolverine, I want the whole package. I don't want to have I don't want to okay. pick and choose from Wolverine's assortment. I want the whole package. If I'm going to have the healing All factor, right. I want the claws and, like, the super smell and the super hearing and stuff. Which he doesn't apparently have anymore because he never once in this movie used his super smell or super hearing to track anybody. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about yeah. that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, they... I mean, I guess if his powers are deteriorating, but his powers... I don't know. I don't know, I was never really super clear on what the how the animal sense is actually factored into the to the healing factor but he was supposed to be a little bit more animal like in the comic books and i think that some of that but they he used that for quite a while when he was in um in the x-men movies even as as recently as days of future past what he was sniffing out mystique wasn't he maybe maybe yeah wouldn't he always know it's yeah well in the first x-men movie there was a really big point that that's that's how he knew that it was her is when yeah when she was storm and said, you know, oh, we have to regroup with the team. And he smelled her, and that's how he was able to tell, you're not part of the team. And, and he stabs her in, in, in the gut. But then I, I'm actually, I'm having a hard time trying to think where that would have come up. Other than, it was an X-Men Origins Wolverine. He was able to smell Sabretooth. Yeah, that's, yeah, he didn't really use it that much. And I, I never, I totally forgot about that, that gift that he has. Yeah. So as I'm, I'm just kind of, I'm glancing over some of some of the notes that I found online from the movie. And you know, at one point in time, there was a plan for Lee of Schreiber to actually have some role as Sabretooth in this movie, and then he was excluded oh. from the final script. Okay, good, good. What do you mean good? I think Saber Tooth I mean, and Wolverine, they they go together. They they're they're supposed to be, you know, the 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 yin and the yang. They're supposed to be mortal enemies, and we got kind of half a fight scene on top of the Statue of Liberty, and then we got X Men Origins Wolverine, and I really feel like we need to we needed to give these characters a little bit of a better send off than we gave them, and and unfortunately, Saber Tooth is just somebody who's not going to have justice done to him in the cinematic universe. Mm, no. Yeah, I, I don't know where he would fit yeah. in to to Logan. I mean, I I I kind of assumed when they first when they first bring out Clone Wolverine and he's in like the big cage, I thought maybe that was going to be a Sabretooth. You know, cuz I think well, oh, if we're hunting, yeah. if we're hunting Logan, I happen to know a guy who'd like to hunt Logan, but uh 
That's true. But yeah, and the I mean the when when Sabretooth was quote unquote killed, the last time we saw him, and I say the last time we saw him, I'm I'm talking in terms of of timeline. The most recent time we've seen him was in the first X-Men movie when he was blasted off the top of the Statue of Liberty and crashed into a boat below. And every single person that I know in the theaters, when that happened, immediately said, well, he's not dead. Sabretooth could survive that. So he's still out there somewhere. And yet, Mm. this was our last chance, and we're not going to see him. And that's a sad thing. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. You don't have to share it. You don't have to share it. I'm just saying it's sad. I just really would have liked the character. So so we're going to play a little game. John, all right. Because okay. uh, before we we talk about our favorite scene, I think there, there's something that we we need to discuss. Is that if if Hugh Jackman is true to his word and he's done and he doesn't want to play Wolverine yes. anymore, and yes. and Patrick Stewart's true to his word and we have a replacement Professor X, John, who could replace Hugh Jackman as Wolverine? So am, am I allowed to time travel or does it? Well, I, mean, I would it, think uh, we want to pick a, a realistic, like who 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 feasibly. Oh, okay. I mean, if you if you want to throw an honorable mention to a time travel, go ahead. But the whole purpose here is okay. to try to actually try to help Fox out a little bit and try to do some legwork for them. I'm presuming their executives listen uh, to Hero Talk. Yes, they do. They absolutely do. Man, who's a good? I have. Hmm. There's the I'm I'm actually gonna look him up. There's the guy who plays Wolverine in the superhero beatdown series. Have you ever seen that? Never heard of it. So superhero beatdown, it, it's a it's a web series. I think um, Machinima puts it out, and the film studio Bat in the Sun they they make these videos, and it, they're all done by fan votes. And what they do is they take live actors and they'll they'll do a versus like uh, a recent one was Wolverine versus Wonder Woman and there was another one where it was Scorpion versus the White Ranger and and Ryu versus the the Green Ranger and Batman versus Deadpool this sort of thing okay, okay. and they use so Bat in the Sun's production studio they they've made a lot of fan videos and the like and so what they will do is they will make Hollywood level action sequences with Hollywood level costumes and effects and based on the fan voting, they'll they'll have the winner go that way. And then if the vote's close enough, they'll actually do an alternate video where the other person wins. And I've seen I've seen Batman versus uh, Batman versus Darth Vader done that way. And they've they've done a lot of good ones. They did a Wolverine versus Batman, and then like a Wolverine versus Batman rematch. And it's they're they're really really well done. And and I love watching them happen. But they they have a guy who they've been using to play their Wolverine who actually does a good job, and he wears a comic book accurate costume. And I'm very quickly trying to look up very quickly trying to look up his name to see if I can find it here. Uh, Jonathan Carroll. That is somebody who could feasibly feasibly play Wolverine. Uh, he's got the build. He's a shorter dude, but. He's he's jacked. I think he could do it. And uh, he's on Instagram and Twitter as Monkey of Steel, if anyone wants to look him up. All right. So, I mean, that's that's one thought. I don't know if he's really my pick, but immediately off the top of my head, I think, well, here's somebody who has actually played Logan before and, you know, kind of sounds and looks the part and is believable enough to me that when he goes against their their Wonder Woman and their Batman, it's, it's I, I buy it. I think he might have fought the Predator, too. <laughs> okay. They, they use him a lot, so... Wolverine. Yeah. yeah, he's a just a oh, he's, force. Everyone wants to know who would win against Wolverine. It's Batman and Wolverine. The two of those guys get used, I think, more than anyone else in that series because everyone wants to know who would win, Batman or X, or it's Wolverine or X. You have any thoughts? Who who would you who would you want to play Wolverine? I, I'm still drawing a blank. I mean, like the only thing that I feel like that just pops in my head right now, 
John Hamm. Can John, John Hamm? Play? How tall is John Hamm? He's pretty tall, actually. Yeah. That's why I'm thinking, like, no, he's too I don't tall. Even, I don't even know how, how tall Hugh Jackman is, to be honest. But he at least, he didn't tower over anybody, which is important. But John Hamm is 6'2". Oh, yeah. He seems... I could see John Hamm playing, uh, like, an older Superman, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. Was, uh, that's probably the reason why I was thinking. It's like, like who... So I was thinking, like, Batman. Yeah. Like, who's, who'd be a good Batman? But for Wolverine, that's kind of hard, because I feel like Wolverine is... Still, in my mind, like some short, gruff, buff yeah. dude. Uh, who's who's hot in Hollywood right now? Who are the big actors? Uh, Tom Hardy. You know, Tom Hardy's not that tall. He's only like 5'10". Oh, yeah. Really? Okay. I mean, he they make him look big when he plays Bane, but he's not that big a dude. Tom, and, and he's a very good actor. Tom Hardy could play Bane. No, he could That's play true. Bane because he did, but he could play Wolverine. Oh, I, I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean... My only thought would be if they're going to, you know, replace Hugh Jackman with a Wolverine, they're probably going to look for somebody a little bit younger than Tom Hardy. Yeah. But Tom Hardy could totally do yeah. it. Because at this point, I'm, I'm pre- they have to recast him, right? They're not going to just say, oh, well, Wolverine's gone now. Especially if they ever get him in the MCU. Like, if he's supposed to show up in, in Secret War, then or Infinity War, whatever they're calling it, they, they're going to have to have him. In, uh, it, when this is presuming that Hugh Jackman's not just going to come back and reprise the role if they really, really want him. I can't tell you how many times I've heard Mark Hamill say that he is done being the Joker, and yet, yeah, he's yeah. still the Joker. So same, same with Batman, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Kevin uh, Conroy's sounds similar Conroy. with Batman. Yeah. Like this is the last one until the next last one. <laughs> so as uh, as I was talking about my honorable mention, um, if he if he if I were to time travel and he were to work out, I would say Bob Hoskins. Bob Hoskins, a, a favorite of Hero Talk, I'll tell you, and um. If Bob Hoskins worked out now, I don't know how buff Bob Hoskins could get, but I mean, presuming he got the right routine, man, Bob Hoskins, especially Bob Hoskins as, as a younger man, I would have yes. loved to have seen him as Wolverine. He could have done the role. Bob Hoskins, he, he is a crazy yes. method actor, though. He would probably actually replace his, his skeleton with adamantium for the role. <laughs> yeah, I don't, this is hard. Yeah. All right. I've, we've, we've wasted enough time on this game. We, we, we came up with the best we could do. I think I think we maybe could. just yeah. go back to Australia and just try to cast somebody from there. Oh yeah, you'll yeah. find somebody. That's my thought. You you just don't don't try to get somebody who's been established. Go to Australia, cast somebody. Get get, get a no get name. Somebody we haven't heard of before and let him be the new Wolverine. All right. So now is the time on Hero Talk where we say what our favorite part of the movie was. And John is the literally only other person on this podcast right now. I'm going to start with you. Uh what was your favorite part of Logan? Uh, my favorite part would have to be as when uh, the second time Charles has a seizure in the casino, oh, yeah. and um, you uh, and that whole weird rupture or vibe, vibe mm-hmm. or whatever. I don't know, what is that called, uh, but whatever that yeah. is, um, is going on, and they have the guard or the reaver standing at the door, and he sees looking right at Wolverine mm-hmm. or Logan, slowly crawling on that wall, slowly inching to his demise of death, just watching him. Sweating. Yeah, it, it's yeah. up until that point, I wasn't entirely aware if people still had their their mind about them when they were seized up like that. Because we've seen we've seen Professor X do similar in the past, where he kind of freezes everybody in the room, you know, and then nobody's paying attention, no one's looking, and everyone's kind of frozen in spot. And then he resumes them again, yeah. and they have no recollection of what happened. Yeah, but people seem to be at least aware of what's going on. 
and aware enough that even though you can't move, he's still able to look and see Wolverine coming. And yeah, and Wolverine, I would imagine because of his healing factor, can probably withstand them a little bit better than most. And he's just kind of stabbing everyone in that room in the head as he's trying to make sure that they're not screwed when everyone starts moving again. Yeah. That was a... that was brutal. I was that was very very close to being my favorite scene in that because that was such a brutal thing to watch. While he's like everyone is just basically having their brain scramble, and especially the dude who's looking right at him as Wolverine just kind of stabs him in the head, and there's nothing he can do about it. <laughs> and yes, and the and the guys even that. they still can't move after he stabs them in the head. You know, so like he stabs him in the head, and he's like his face is against the wall, but he's just he's just still upright and standing there and just bleeding out because there's nothing he can do about it. Oh, that was yeah. Brutal to see. Um, yeah, nice. Well done. That was a good scene. My favorite scene, I would say, was when Logan injected himself with all of that, that miracle drug and just went straight up primal. Oh, yes. That's, ooh, yeah. So that's a good one. I, I feel like I finally got the one thing that I was really missing the whole movie, which was, you know, old school Wolverine back again. You know, it wasn't Logan anymore. That was the Wolverine right there. That was the Wolverine. And I finally got to see it happen, and he took out, like, 90% of the Reavers and got to do the old, I, you shot me, I don't care, because he, you know, he didn't really want to get shot anymore in this movie because his healing factor isn't what it used to be. But it was here because yeah. he was just taking the shots and going through and slicing them up, and that was, it was nice. It was nice to see that one last time before fake Wolverine impaled him on a tree and he died. Mm-hmm. You got that one last Berserker yeah, mode. Just, exactly. So that was that was my favorite scene. It's yeah. a good one. And now I think we we, we, we got to close this out because we've been going for a while, <laughs> longer than anticipated. Uh, now is the time when we have to give this movie a score. And John, again, you're the you're the only other one here. Yes. What would you score, Logan? I would score Logan two claws up in both hands and feet, according to X twenty three. All right. So you just all of X 23s claws. All of X two claws in mm-hmm. both hands. And that two claws right. in the feet. Well, in similar vein, in right similar up. vein, if I was going to score Logan, <laughs> I would score Logan Wolverine's claws at the beginning of the movie with the two claws fully out and the third claw coming out maybe two-thirds of the way because I, I really did kind of miss seeing Logan there. But then once he actually injected himself in the drug and I got to see the old Wolverine back, that's kind of like Wolverine grabbing that third claw and pulling it all the way out the rest of the way. So... So that's what I would score Logan, is Wolverine grabbing the claw and pulling it out the rest of the way. That's mm. that's my score. Mm. My score is the two claws and then the scene where he pulls the third one out. That's I, I think that's, that's, that's as that's, good as I can give. That's an <laughs> right. ouch. Okay. <laughs> I don't, they don't have to make sense because review scores are dumb and they don't matter. And yeah. by this point in the podcast, if you haven't seen Logan, um, I don't really know why you would. We spoiled the whole thing. And why would you why would you listen to the podcast on Logan and then and not have seen it first? It's a spoiler podcast. It's and then if you have seen it, then you already know if you like it or not, so you don't need our score. And then even if you did like our score, well, you we've been talking about the movie this entire time, so you already know what we thought. Hence, review scores are dumb and they don't matter. And that's why. That's true. As long as I draw breath, I will never assign a review score to anything I review. Ten out of ten. <laughs> ten out of ten. <laughs> would see again. Five stars. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So now we got some final thoughts. So, John, any, anything you want to leave the Hero Talk listening audience? Uh, no, no, I don't have anything else. I mean, like, I'm glad to be a part of the show. Oh, happy to have you here. It's uh, I, I was 
I wasn't even sure if you were going to say yes. I was I was really trying to, I was going back and forth. I'm like, oh, John, he's on like all these other podcasts. Like, he doesn't want to do hero talk. We're sort of, you know, we're the, the rank amateurs in the podcasting world right now. Like, no. this is... I don't see it as that. I yeah, don't see, see it as that. You you you're being kind. You've seen what I what I call my show notes. So <laughs> <laughs> it's better than ours. It's, ours is barely it's, filled out anymore. Really, <laughs> yeah. Well, to be honest, and and might as well just put this out for the podcast. Yeah, if if somebody's not a guest on the show, I don't even make show notes. You know, if if it was Exelon or or, or Vernon or Jeff or any of the other the other crew, I don't I don't make notes for them. <laughs> We just go. We just do it. <laughs> They've been on enough of these podcasts. Yeah, they know. They know what's. I, up. I maybe I maybe make those some notes for Hero Bites because we actually talk about the news. But if I'm not talking about news and it's just a movie, whatever. Who needs notes? You guys know how this works. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I guess for my final thought, I just want to say thank you very much, John, for being on Hero Talk. That was my pleasure. My pleasure. Thank it you for having me. It was great to have you. Uh, and if you're not familiar with any of John's work, you should go to enthusiasts.com and check out the link for the Logan Real Hero Talk podcast. I will have links to all of John's stuff that I can find within reason because there's a lot. And <laughs> and you should you should check that out because I think I think you if if you're somehow listening to me but not one track gamers or, or one track punk. I don't. I don't know what you're doing with your life or where your priorities are, but you no. need to straighten some things out. And and I think going to enthusiasts.com and checking out our show notes will help you do that. Yes. <laughs> All right, John. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on oh. Hero Talk. This has been a lot of fun. Oh, uh, so much fun. Yeah, I'd, I'm just happy to be here. I'm just ecstatic. Right. W- will you come back again sometime? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, um. Actually, as the kid comes, I'll, I'll see. But <laughs> yeah, right trust now, me, if yes. If there's one person you don't need to explain that to, it's me. Because I've, I've, <laughs> I understand the whole trying to balance being on podcasts and and the, the personal life and the family life. So yeah, I, I mean, I, I get it. I, I do. But I would love to have you back on the podcast sometime. Oh yes, awesome. Yeah. Definitely. And I'm very thankful. This I've wanted to watch this movie for so long. I, I actually already owned it. I didn't even go buy it. I had it in my possession when we were talking about what we were going to watch and i was just thrilled when i when I, it occurred to me that you would said you'd like this movie and i thought wow he'd probably be willing to talk about logan on hero talk and i can finally watch this thing and i'm so happy i did there you I, go i desperately go. wanted to watch this movie and i was just happy to have a good reason to do it because if i'm not going to record a hero talk on it i don't watch it and and that's sort of become a double-edged sword a little bit because well i have lots of movies to i have no shortage of topics for hero talk i have all these movies i refuse to even watch because i don't want to waste the watching time if i know i'm not recording on them mm-hmm. i'm just glad we did not go with the the, the cat yes woman. that was also on the table Catwoman. i remember that we we were dangerously close <laughs> I was about to say, okay, I guess. Catwoman yeah, we were, we were that close. We were we were getting there because we were looking for something, and it was on Netflix that we could just watch it, and we wouldn't have to spend money because we both have Netflix. And yes. and and then it just it, that's when it occurred to me the inspiration clicked. Oh no, John likes Logan. I want to watch Logan. That works out perfectly. I'm so glad it did because because y- yikes, I don't know if I could have survived watching <laughs> Catwoman again. <laughs> no, yeah, no way. you know I've seen it twice. Oh, nice. Okay. We could, we no, no, we should then. not have. We should not have. Because I, I can't, I don't think I could, I don't think I could actually survive a third sitting. The first sitting was, is it okay. as bad as everyone says it is? The answer is yes, it is as bad as everyone says it is. And the second sitting was, oh, look, this is on Netflix. I remember this being so bad. 
I wonder if it really was that bad or if I was just in a bad mood that day. Oh, no, it's that bad. It's it's that bad. <laughs> it is one of the worst movies ever made. Oh, All right. So with that, I just want to uh, thank my co-host for this episode, John. Thank you. And You're welcome. <laughs> <on> be- <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm keeping that in there. <laughs> <laughs> all right and on, on behalf of of the panel thanks everyone for listening if you want to check out more of our content head to enthusiasts.com where you can find interviews articles videos and podcasts including my sister cast behind the line radio and point streak you also check out our youtube channel that is youtube.com slash we are on twitter and facebook just search for enthusiasts and until next time this is judge greg saying logan you still have time You know, yeah. you go on ABTS and get to do that three, two, one clap thing, which gives me a little mini anxiety attack every time. <laughs> three, two, one clap. Oh no, I messed it up.